surgeons keep our hearts beating. They do the amazing, help save lives, and so can you. Your CSL Plasma donation can help create 24 critical life-saving medicines that can give Grandpa the chance for his heart to swell when he meets his new grandson or give a bride the chance for her heart to skip a beat on her wedding day. Every plasma donation helps more than you know. Do the amazing. Help save lives. Donate today at your local CSL Plasma Center and be rewarded for your generosity. Welcome to Let's Talk About It with Taylor Nolan. I am your host, and today I am here with a fellow Bachelor and Bachelor in Paradise member, Kendall. Hello there. Yes, thanks for joining today. Of course. Um, So first, I mean, I saw you on Ari season, The Bachelor, and I wasn't really planning to watch that season, actually, but it... It happened, and you were definitely one of the people that, like, I, I always try to not judge after having my experience, mm-hmm. but um, watching you, I was definitely like, oh, I feel like I could be friends with her. I felt that too, <laughs> though. I felt the connection with you. I was like, yes, friends before we met each other. Yeah, yeah. Well, good. I'm glad to hear that you felt that back, too, because I was like, yeah, I really, I, I dig her vibes, and I I just, I was like, I feel like you're just, like, a great person in general. Thank you. And, so I'm excited to have finally met you. We've like, you know, talked via Instagram and the phone occasionally, but um, it's super nice to like actually meet you in person. Yeah. I um, know, right? Finally. After all these, um, not even years, I guess, months. <laughs> yeah. It feels like years though. It and does. like that's it's the wrong thing. Time goes by so quickly. They definitely do. Um, and then you also had a two-on-one and I had a two-on-one. Mm-hmm. Um, very different outcomes and just dynamics overall. Um, But absolutely loved how you handled it. Thank you. Such a weird situation mm -hmm. to be almost, I mean, I guess the whole entire thing of The Bachelor is you're in a competition, not in a competition, Mm -hmm. but it's like you're competing for love or for like the attention or something. So it was just a really weird world. Mm -hmm. And so in that world, I was just trying to support other women through it because mm-hmm. I felt like if I showed the best version of myself and other people showed the best version of themselves, then he would choose someone that would just make sense mm-hmm. for him as opposed to choosing like an altered version of mm-hmm. this person that I was trying to make look like an awful person. Yeah. So with the whole crystal thing, I mean, I had a lot of empathy for her because she mm-hmm. had been through a lot and she had opened up to me. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like I was one of the closer girls to her in the house. So the fact that she was acting that way, I just thought it wasn't her. Yeah. So I think I was just trying to come from a place of like, this really isn't you. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do this. And, um, yeah. you know, and we both handled things differently. But Yeah, well, also just very different relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things I loved was that you really touched on empathy. Mm-hmm. And that's something we've talked a little bit about on the pod. Um, specifically, we really covered like having empathy with yourself mm-hmm. um, and being able to practice that. But I'm curious, like in... in um, in practicing that empathy towards other people, especially in that kind of a setting, like, is that something that's always kind of come natural to you? Or have you had times where you like actually try to, you know, intentionally be like, okay, I'm really going to put myself in this person's shoes and like try to, you know, actually express empathy to them? Yeah. I think, I don't know, growing up, it was, I wasn't used, to, I didn't, I used to not be as empathetic when I was younger, when I was like really, really young. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand that people or things had feelings and, mm-hmm. um, it was something that I kind of learned through the experiences. I moved a lot as a kid, went to different schools, mm. and um, I kind of grew into understanding that people had 
had feelings and they felt beyond myself. And I think that's something that all kids kind of go through when they're Mm -hmm. getting older. Like, oh, when I do this, you know, it hurts someone's feelings, so I shouldn't do that. And Mm so um, I slowly learned that. And I think that in my life now, it just, I'm so painfully aware of other people's feelings that I can't help but to make sure everyone else feels happy. Because then if everyone else feels happy, then I feel happy as Mm -hmm. well. So I think it also has to do with just like growing up with, just like a twin and someone that you have Mm -hmm. to consciously always be aware of Mm -hmm. um, and just making sure that, you know, you don't stifle their happiness in any way. I'm Mm. not sure. I I feel like I just want to make the best version of everyone Mm -hmm. (laughs) in some weird way. Yeah. And I think it's, it, it sticks out to me that you're like, if I'm around other people that are going to be happy that I'm going to be happy. Exactly. Um, And, and in that it's kind of a, you know, a cycle that kind of feeds itself. Mm -hmm. Um, But then um, I'd be curious for you, like where, other people in, in your life return that to you, mm. you know? Yeah, I think I, growing up I was actually painfully shy and I moved around a lot mm-hmm. and I didn't really have a lot of close friends. Mm. So my sister and I, we kind of seeked safety in each other and we were really close friends. Yeah. And we ended up being friends with people that other people kind of made fun of because we were people that people made fun of as mm-hmm. well. So kind of just understanding that words carry so much weight mm-hmm. and you have no idea, even for a child, like you don't realize how much someone's life could be shifted by something that you say. Mm -hmm. So growing up, I had a lot of, you know, the drama, of course, going through school as like a young girl. Um, I had a lot of, you know, bullies and mean people. My sister, Mm -hmm. you know, had gotten beaten up one time um, at school. And so Mm -hmm. going through that, I think I just don't want anyone to feel that way. And I just Mm -hmm. don't think it's right. And I think I just try to go out of my way to make people feel comfortable because Mm -hmm. I felt like a lot of the times no one did that for me. So I, I'm just so like aware of how people are feeling because I just know how alone I felt at times Mm -hmm. and my sister and I were kind of in, you know, our own little army against that. So I feel like I try to, in my walking life, always keep that in mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, I mean, thank you for sharing that. And I think it's something that other people can definitely relate to. I mean, and, and they may not have a twin or even a sibling. And so they're kind of going through that yeah. alone. I mean, I think back to my experiences, like I, I moved a little bit as well. Um, and there were definitely a lot of those times where it's like, you're really alone and, and you're actually, our last episode was on being alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, and just kind of trying to figure out how you, sit with that and how you can actually reach out to connect with other people. And I mean, it sounds like you and your sister really found, um, you know, connection and safety in one another. Mm-hmm. Um, and I imagine that must've been like really hard for you to like see her go through that and then hard for her also to like see you go through some of that. Yeah. And I think I always try to make it an extra point to connect with random people, even some at the grocery store or someone just in walking life because everyone can teach you something, Mm -hmm. you know? So I've had so many amazing conversations with people that I had no idea Mm -hmm. existed or had like that mentality on something. So Mm -hmm. I I like just, I like creating a community of people around me because I Mm -hmm. lacked that when I was younger. Although I had my family and friends, like some friends, um, I lacked that sense of like safety and community. So I feel like I always strive for that. Mm-hmm. Like wherever I go somewhere, I try to make a connection with somebody. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I mean, I agree. I am very much the same way. And that's part of why like Seattle is such a safe community for me because the friends that I've, you know, 
developed there are like actually family to me. Mm-hmm. Like the, having that sense of community is so important. And we stress that so much on the podcast of like, if you are experiencing a difficult time, like to reach out to someone, you know, mm-hmm. like develop that community around you and move in a little bit closer to people because you're absolutely right. Every single interaction you can learn from and there's a possibility to connect in every interaction that you have with someone else. Yeah. Um, and reaching out to those people who, you know, maybe are sitting by themselves alone in the cafeteria or something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you never know what they're going to be able to teach you about yourself or that you're going to be able to learn about them. And it's, it's, it really kind of all comes back to this like curiosity about mm-hmm. life. Um, exactly. Curiosity for people. Yeah. And that's yeah. still something I like definitely picked up about you from mm-hmm. watching was like, she's just like very open and curious about other people and very like, um, willing and, and interested and excited to move closer to people. Yeah. And I love seeing how people view things differently. I think my beliefs are always very malleable because I don't want to ever feel like I can't learn anything new from somebody mm-hmm. else. So there's crazy subjects that are really controversial, like religion or something like mm-hmm. that. I love talking about that with people. And, you know, I've been in relationships with many different kinds of people, many different mm-hmm. backgrounds, many different religions. And um, I like kind of asking the hard questions because mm-hmm. I think when people can reflect upon why they believe in something, either I can learn something or maybe they can learn something that they haven't been challenged with before. Yeah. So I always try to make it a point to talk about things that are a little weird, mm-hmm. you know? And I think a lot of people see that as... A little off-putting but um after talking about it and after like fully opening myself up and not being afraid to like express vulnerability with people mm-hmm. i think then they see it's more comfortable to be vulnerable and open with me mm-hmm. and then it's just much more of a deeper conversation like i don't really like the surface level conversations yeah. i want to go like really deep with somebody mm-hmm. because that's where you actually i think so many people walk around and they think oh like I met this person the other day and I talked to them about what, whatever. I'm like, but did you actually like really meet that person? Mm-hmm. Like, do you think you actually know who that person is? Or do you feel like you're projecting all of these, how is the weather kind of conversations yeah. onto them? So you can like fill up your time with, you know, I don't know, I guess filling up your time with like some sort of connection that doesn't really feel, mm-hmm. I'm, I like connection that feels tangible, you know? Yeah. Something that actually feels like authentic and yeah. has some depth to it. Um, and I'm, I'm curious for you how, you know, if you can share a little bit about how you're able to like get to that point with someone like in dating or even just in making friends even mm-hmm. of how, of how you actually dig a little bit deeper to get to that like authentic connection. I feel like in relationships, it's about celebrating vulnerability. So mm-hmm. if someone's vulnerable with me or if someone opens up to me in a way they haven't opened up before and I mm-hmm. see that they're really uncomfortable with it just kind of celebrating it and being like, wow, I'm like really appreciative that you can be that way with me. And then probably making my, putting myself at their level of vulnerability and expressing something about myself that's also vulnerable. Yeah. And I always feel like I have to remind people, like, it's okay to feel this way. Mm-hmm. A lot of the times I feel insane and crazy and I don't know, you know, where I'm going with it and I don't know what I'm doing. And um, just to know that so many other people feel that way. Yeah. You know, and it's to find comfortability in the chaos of like what your mind is thinking. Cause so many other people are in that same boat, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. That's, I mean, really that's just, a, uh, one of the, one of the elements of having self-compassion, mm-hmm. um, having that like generalized humanity, the universal humanity aspect of understanding that, you know, I may be coming off a little bit weird right now. I may not yeah. be making sense right now. I may not be doing this in the most perfect way, but 
I also know that I'm not the only person. Mm-hmm. Um, and and in that, being kind to yourself, um, yeah. which will actually allow you to then further connect with someone else. Because I think when we actually show those more vulnerable parts of ourselves, when we actually mm-hmm. share, um, you know, something really true to our story, that people 100% connect with it. And and it's a scary like risk to take. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm curious for you if there's if there's something specific about yourself that like you're always kind of mm-hmm. hesitant to share with a friend or with dating as that relationship develops um, that you find actually leads you to connection. I think that what people fail to realize is that imperfection is the thing that causes people to fall in love with you. Mm-hmm. Imperfection is the thing, like those little idiosyncrasies that you mm-hmm. do. And like maybe you, you know, have a weird laugh or mm-hmm. you get really excited about something. Like those are the kinds of things where someone says, I love this person because they're unique in this way or because they're imperfect in this way. Yeah. And I always say it's the imperfections that make someone perfect for you. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like I try to just like let go in those imperfections and like embrace how weird I am because I know that there are weird things that I do, but there's weird things that other people do too. And I kind of just like to throw it all out there. Mm -hmm. And it also makes other people more comfortable if I'm Mm -hmm. comfortable in my own skin. So usually when I'm with somebody, I try to get the silliness out of them. And you know, sometimes I'm not going to, if it comes to like a romantic relationship, sometimes my humor doesn't connect with someone else's humor. Mm -hmm. And I think it's about finding someone who has the same humor as you because I think one, the most important thing in a relationship to me is finding humor in life because that's mm-hmm. the thing. The reason why humor exists is because you, it's something to deal with the pain that we have, yeah. right? That's mm-hmm. why comedians, a lot of comedians are really depressed because yeah. it's a way they deal with, that's how they deal I with hope. the awful things that happened in their life. Mm-hmm. So I think one thing I've learned through my parents is although they've been through a lot together, they've always laughed through everything. Mm-hmm. So um, it's so important to me to find somebody that mm-hmm. can just laugh at me and with mm-hmm. me and laugh at things. Like I love making weird voices for animals or mm-hmm. people. And, you know, it's just like have fun and poke fun at things because I don't like taking things too seriously. Mm-hmm. You know, even the serious things you can laugh at. Yeah, definitely. I think that's something that I've had to kind of step outside of myself to to be able to, to actually put into practice at times because I think I can definitely get get a little bit in my head at times when it comes to the serious things. And I think being able to step outside of that and find the humor in it um, not only can relieve a lot of stress, but it also, I think, brings you more to the present Mm -hmm. to where then you are able to just continue to further connect with people. Um, I know one of my things that would maybe be considered like an imperfection or weird thing about me are like just that I'm a real crazy cat lady. And it's something that's that... That's so cute, though. <laughs> Who doesn't like cats? Yeah, well, there are some people. And for some true. reason, I usually always end up dating those people. And I'm like, what is wrong? Why do I keep dating people You can people open their eyes up like to the cats? world of cats. <laughs> <laughs> it's like such a... The struggle is real with that. Yeah. But, you know, finding that something that people would typically make fun of me for and finding that, you know, actually, I've reached a place with myself where, like, I really love that, you know, because that shows my heart or like I, I burp really weird. Like my burps almost <laughs> really? sound like frogs or like, That's funny. yeah, my, they're really strange. Um, but like finding instead of like being insecure about it and being like in my head and being like, Oh, I have to really like hide this burp from this person because what if they're going to judge me? I'm just like, yep. That's what my burps sound like. Turn it to like a funny um, quirk you can laugh at. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and I think people really respond to that and, I completely agree with you that your imperfections are what 
people end up falling in love with you for because mm-hmm. they are what make you unique. And mm-hmm. I think like we're under so much pressure just in society in general to like be this certain thing, you know, what we see in movies, what we see on the TV shows about like on TV shows on our shows. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> of, you know, what gets rewarded and mm-hmm. what doesn't um, with love. And I think it's really important to find that, to find that place. Are yeah. there things for you that you feel like you still kind of are, are working on to be more comfortable with um, allowing yourself to be vulnerable in that specific way with someone? Um, I think it's interesting being on a show that's so public and everyone has their opinions mm-hmm. about everything because I find that the show gives you a lot of security um, and a lot of confidence, but it also makes you really insecure in a lot of ways mm-hmm. because you have so many opinions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so weird to have people just kind of like picking apart who you are. And in the walking life, in the real world, no one would say anything like that to you, but yeah. maybe your friends would, but they know you. Mm-hmm. And now it's like absolute strangers saying things like, you shouldn't do that. This is awful. This yeah. is so unattractive. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, you know, it's just so interesting. So I think in a way, trying to gain the confidence in that way, and also with, you know, social media or... Mm-hmm you feel like, oh, that girl's so beautiful or that girl's so beautiful, but just accepting that I can't be every single version of beautiful. You know, there's yeah. so many different versions of beautiful. And um, one day I'll think this one girl is so gorgeous and I'll be like her and I'll look at another girl who's completely different and be like, I want to be like her. But there's, you know, you can't be every kind of person. Mm-hmm. So might as well just be your own individual person, you yeah. know, with beauty. And I guess another thing that's always difficult is that um, being a twin... I have Mm -hmm. been raised with someone who looks pretty much like me. Mm -hmm. So my entire life, every single new person that I meet puts us side by side and points out the differences, you know? So it's weird. It's so weird to be like, oh, well, you have a mole here, Andia. You are, you know, your face is this shape and your eyes are this shape. And you like really have the mirror up to you all the time. And people are like dissecting your face and you're like, stop it. Yeah. (laughs) I would have, I, I mean, I don't have a twins. So I, I would have never thought about that, but that's so true. Yeah. You definitely see that happen. And I have never put myself in, in those shoes to be like, what would that be like? And I can see where that could definitely send you some, some yeah. messages about yourself. Um, and that's a lot to, to take in. Yeah. I guess we try to be so, my sister and I try to be individuals. So mm-hmm. then, the differences are more obvious. So yeah. then they don't point out the small little differences because those are the ones that you're like, oh yeah, well your nose is bigger. And, and you're like, dang it. Like no one wants, you know, so I do believe that having a twin has made me the best version of myself Yeah, because I'm constantly working at being a better version of who I am. And she is too. And we keep each other in check a lot. But, um, in a lot of ways, you know, if you have a bad day where you just don't feel attractive, your outfit's not as good and your sister's rocking it. And then someone's like, you guys are twins. Well, let me see the difference. I'm like, not right now. I'm not on my A game right now. Wait till I'm on my A game. Then you can compare. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just weird. It's a weird kind of reality to have. Yeah. And then to also be in this, you know, world of social media too, where it's like the comparison game is so Mm -hmm. real. And especially for me, at least I think is, um, also in bachelor family, the comparison game is very, very real. Literally people rate you by points of Mm -hmm. (laughs) how many people follow you or like you. It's like you have like a whole, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I'm, I'm curious for you how you have learned or are learning, um, 
to cope with this, like the comparison game, not only with being a twin, but from social media and from Mm -hmm. being on the show, like, I think that's something even people who don't have any of those experiences, Mm -hmm. um, can relate to. I mean, I've had to deal with comparison my entire life with my sister, but this is on a whole different level. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of the times I feel like when I first got off the show, I was so obsessed with looking at my phone and how many likes or followers and all that stuff. It's hard not to be absorbed in that Mm -hmm. because it's so new and weird. And you're like, why do people, why do people like this one over this one? And why? Yeah. And there's like this curiosity there of like trying to figure it out in a way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think I try to just be like, oh, whatever. I am who I am and I have enough people liking me and enough people disliking me, you know, like in a lifetime to have to worry too Mm -hmm. much about it. And I think I get a lot more positive feedback than negative feedback, fortunately, Mm -hmm. you know, given how my experience has been on The Bachelor so far. So Mm. I I just see other people who are struggling and to other people who are struggling that are on the paradise like right now or on the shows right now, um, I just tell them like, the people who are reaching out to you and saying evil things, they see that you are like, they, you have a louder voice because mm-hmm. you can connect to so many different people. And they see you almost as a microphone to get their voice out there. So when someone says evil stuff and you post it on your page, you're giving them a microphone. You know, mm-hmm. you're giving them attention. Like that's what they want. People yeah. crave like relevance and they crave like people knowing them because that's how we, that attention. well, that's how we show that we exist, right? Mm-hmm. The reason why art exists and the reason why buildings even exist in architecture and fashion is because people want to say, wow, like this is me. I'm leaving my mark on the world yeah. and you see it's my mind, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I guess art is in forms of like words too, even if it's like cruel worlds, people see that as their individual self coming out and their expression coming out. So I don't know. I always try to feed into the positive expression as opposed to negative Mm -hmm. expression. And although negative expression could be kind of beautiful in a way because it is such a raw form of just like who this person is, Mm -hmm. it doesn't make other people feel good. Yeah. So there was a video that I watched, um, shortly before the show started airing and, I need to go back and rewatch it like several more times, but it was uh, this organization, Mind Valley. I I want to say it was Mind Valley, and the video was about being unfuckwithable. Mm. Um, and one of the, the I took notes on this whole thing. Like this video <laughs> was so intense. It had so many good uh, takeaway points. Um, and if I can find it again, I'll list it in the episode description notes. But one of the taking one of the takeaway points that has has sat with me the most is about. Like when you become unfuckwithable, mm-hmm. that the positive is meh, and the positive or the negative is also meh. Yeah. like neither one can necessarily get to you because when you're really taking in the positive and you're like, oh, this person, you know, said something or they validated this insecurity, like, oh my goodness, yes. Like when you give that attention, then you're you will also end up giving the negative attention mm-hmm. um, because like you can't you can't selectively numb your feelings and so when you're like when, when people are giving you messages about yourself to really just stay grounded in what you know to be true about who you are mm-hmm. um, because otherwise like if you're only taking in the positive and you're like I'm only going to pay attention to the positive that then all that is is like feeding your ego and then yeah, it's you're like well, up what like about portal for everything else yeah and then it's know? like well what about when this positive isn't coming in anymore mm-hmm. then how what how will i feel yeah i agree with that you can't be like picky and choosy whether thinking like oh i'm only going to see the positive stuff and i'll feel good about mm-hmm. that but whatever about the negative stuff because i don't know people will say as just as much as people will throw out something negative sometimes people will just throw out something that's positive mm-hmm. as well and no i agree with that i agree that you can't 
Yeah. Do any of them affect you? And to me, the way I looked at it, and I mean, I guess this, this could also go for people who, you know, are also just on social media and not from a TV show. Um, but that even when you get the positive, that you still have this understanding of like, that's great, but you also still don't know me. Mm-hmm. True. The negative, that's great, but you also still don't know me. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's like staying grounded in what I know to be my truth and what I know to be my story and that other people will have their opinions on it and that's their opinion and that's their, that's their perspective, that's their reality. However, mm-hmm. oftentimes it's very different than what mine is. What's interesting is seeing... So my friends watch the show with me and like having opinions and other mm-hmm. people that I have known or been in, you yeah. know, have known really well. And then them saying things like, oh, that person seems lame. But I'm like, well, like you don't really know that person that well. Yeah. And they actually are a really cool person. Mm-hmm. And um, it's funny how people I see so close to me and knowing that I tell them stuff about what I go through too with people having opinions, that they also have opinions. Yeah. And it's weird to kind of like see how easy it is to slip into that. Mm-hmm. So I've always been trying, I've always tried to be really aware with my friends and to tell them like, I struggle with the same thing with people having opinions about me. So maybe you don't really know this person that well. Yeah. So yeah, it's just interesting. It's a, it's not a popular opinion to remind people that the people you see on reality TV are also people. Exactly. It's It's not a popular opinion. (laughs) Yeah, it's not. Well, because I think we see them as a character. Yeah, And we are kind of we are kind of selected because we are characters of ourselves. Mm-hmm. They do exaggerate those characters yeah. because, well, it also is a very saturated experience, so you can't help but be more of an exaggerated yes. version of yourself. And they can't fit everything in yeah. at, in an hour, two-hour-long episode. Oh, you they know? film That's... 24-7. Like, how can they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, yeah, it's important to know that you're seeing very... You're seeing, like, only one dimension of somebody when there's so many different yeah. dimensions and so many... You know, I'll watch things back from people that I'm friends with and be like surprised by how they handled a situation and be like, wow, like, why did you handle a situation like that? Mm-hmm. But also, like, we all have those versions of ourselves where we're like, ew, like, I shouldn't have done that, you yeah. know? And it's even more saturated, which mm-hmm. is why with the Crystal situation, I'm like, you can look back at that and cringe, but also know that she's not an awful person. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know? And that same thing can be said with a lot of people that are currently on Paradise now. Mm-hmm. What, do, what would you say is something that you've learned watching yourself back? is like an exaggerated version of yourself. I think that one thing before I went on the show, I didn't really, I kind of kept my opinions to myself a little bit. I wasn't really as outspoken. And because the show applauds being opinionated so much and giving your opinion and like talking about things, I was almost became more of a saturated version of myself because it was applauded. So Mm -hmm. I am more opinionated now and I do have a larger voice now. Um, And on Mm -hmm. the show, I felt like, Usually I'll have opinions about like kindness and standing up for myself and standing up for people. But when I know that, for instance, when Ari was being bashed by Crystal, I I knew that I cared about him a lot. And I Mm -hmm. knew that he was really sensitive with the whole Peter thing. And it was even more amplified because it was going to be on TV and because it was going to be on in, in front of everybody. So I kind of was way more strong with that that I normally would be. I would normally, you know, have a private conversation and be like, you know, that's not cool. Or maybe I wouldn't even say anything, which is just as bad. Yeah. Um, and so, but I felt like because it was going to be in front of everybody else, I had to say something. Mm-hmm. So that was definitely an example of how I like went way stronger than I normally would in the real world. Yeah. 
that's an interesting thing to, um, to reflect on, that the show has kind of encouraged, in a way, this confidence of, of standing up for yourself and of uh, speaking your opinion. I think, for me, it actually did the opposite. Really? Yeah. I, I think that's part of why I was casted, because I do have a lot of opinions about a lot of things, and I'm like very matter-of-fact when I say things. Like When I know mm-hmm. something and when I feel strongly about something, I'm like, yeah, this is that. Like, yeah. Yeah. And... Um, I think a lot of the feedback from the show caused me to definitely feel small and to close down a little bit and to be a lot more selective in the things that I do share. Um, But I think now as time has kind of like gone on and I'm like in a very different phase of my life, I definitely feel now like I've reached more of that point where like I'm confident in in myself and in the things I say and of just letting that be it. And people are going to have their opinions either way. And so I'm, I'm, I have to speak my truth. Yeah. You know? And also having something like a podcast where you can just kind of keep on expressing mm-hmm. yourself is probably really therapeutic. Yeah. It's weird how there's like such like a narrow threshold of what is acceptable, right? Mm-hmm. You can only express yourself this much. You can only be quiet this much or you don't talk at all. Mm-hmm. Like I'll see people's opinions saying this person never talks, but then if they, oh, this person talks too much. And like, where is that window? Like where is like too much or too little, mm-hmm. you know? So it's very sensitive. Yeah. And I mean, I'm also, I'm also curious for you what, um, how like if you reflect on, you know, your process of like, perhaps sharing more on the show and looking more into um, like standing up for yourself and and speaking your opinions, like how that's played out in your personal life. Yeah, I definitely feel like I express myself so much more. You almost get Mm -hmm. on this high of expressing yourself when when you're filming and you're, Mm -hmm. because everyone's asking you questions about yourself all the time. And you're just like, yeah, I'm just like, blah, 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 like telling you everything. And then as soon as I get back from the show, I'll have conversations with my friends and have to step back and be like, man, like, I'm sorry. I'm just like word vomiting at you right now. Mm-hmm. And no one wants to, because it's one-sided, right? When you're on the show, yeah. they're asking you questions all the time. You're used to talking about yourself. And mm-hmm. I have to like keep myself in check and remember, it's not all about me. This isn't a show about me. I, you know, this is real world. I yeah. have to be curious about other people. And so that's something that I was surprised because hmm. normally I'm a really good listener. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like maybe that almost kind of like... Uh, flip-flopped a little bit. Yeah. So it sounds like before, like you're very, very empathetic and you're very much like looking out for other people and focusing mm-hmm. on other people's happiness and what they're going through. Whereas then the experience on the show kind of put a little bit of like a focus on yourself. Yeah. And so then coming off of that, you're realizing now like, okay, wait, like I'm, I'm, I'm maybe it's finding a balance of mm-hmm. that, but it still is good because you've learned skills now to like open up and share a little bit yeah. more about yourself, but then also of like taking a step back and being like, okay, yeah. but wait, how was your week? Exactly. <laughs> it was something that I needed in mm-hmm. my life because I definitely was way more like in the background of things, yeah. but I find that every single conversation I have almost every single day is always about bachelor stuff mm-hmm. and it's cool. It's like an easy conversation, but I also feel like I'm not really challenged in conversations anymore as much as I used to be because it's such an easy thing to talk about. Mm-hmm. It's like, I want to talk about like other cerebral things, like what I'm reading, you know, or what other yeah. people are reading or what other people are going through because that's how I can grow. And I'm almost in a weird phase of feeling like stagnant. Mm-hmm. There's because, yeah. I'm so glad you you said that. Um, And I definitely want you to know that you're so not alone in that at all. Like almost everyone I feel like experiences this state of like limbo Mm post-show where your whole life does become the show and all your interactions, you know, it's, it becomes a bubble. And I know for me, I thought 
going onto the show and coming off of it that, you know, I'm going to really be in it. Like, I, I don't want to look back and be like, oh, like I missed out on that or I wish I would have done that. Like, I'm going to be in it and I want to mm-hmm. take in all the experiences of it. But I forget who, I think it was, I think Derek had had a conversation with Desiree. He had like met her in the airport or something. And um, one of the pieces of advice that she had given to him was like, just don't forget to focus on like your real life. Mm-hmm. Like don't forget to still be in touch with who you are and not get sucked up in the show. And I was kind of like, yeah, like that's actually a really good other way of looking at it. Like, yes, yeah, so you can still kind of take stuff in, but don't let it become the focus. Um, and it, it, it kind of like tugged with me because I was like, oh, that's kind of like the opposite of what I was thinking would be good for me. Mm-hmm. But when I look back at my first experience, I'm like, yeah, actually, I think I would have been able to have a much better experience had I stayed in touch with like who I am and what my actual life was before the show. Because mm-hmm. it's an addicting world. Mm-hmm. It's such an addicting world. And I think it's like you go on the path of least resistance, right? So mm-hmm. it's just easy. Yeah. It's easy, and there's so many other people who have been through it that you can connect with, mm-hmm. and you travel with it, and you know, there's just so many amazing things that happen with it. Mm-hmm. It gets so overwhelming that I'm like, wait, I have built my career to be like a production designer and now I don't want to lose that because I've, mm-hmm. you know, spent the last couple of years building to where I am. Mm-hmm. And um, it's hard when you, when something seems so easy, but it's so temporary. I try to yeah. remind myself that all it the does. time. It's so temporary. Mm-hmm. And, you know, coming up, they're going to be filming with the next, the next Bachelor with mm-hmm. a whole group of other girls and yeah. that's going to, you know, it refreshes itself all the time. Mm-hmm. So I need to learn to like keep on refreshing myself in different ways, yeah. you know, and not to stay mm-hmm. in that stagnation of just becoming like the bachelor because there's so much more. Yeah. And what, I mean, so you mentioned the production design, but like what other parts of your life do you feel you're missing or you feel like you've been neglecting because of being sucked into this bubble? I think most, the last couple places I've traveled have solely been because of bachelor world or appearances Mm -hmm. or filming or something. So I feel like I, I really miss traveling. It's something that I do a lot yeah. and I want to travel on my own mm-hmm. and um, I want to go out of the country Yeah, and I want to do that. So that's something that I, I miss doing mm-hmm. and I also film, I love filming like many uh, spotlight pieces and documentaries and, mm. you know, actually interviewing other people, not being the one that's interviewed all the time. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, Very cool. I didn't know that that was something that you like to do. Yeah, I love it. It's just like, mm-hmm. I think it's just talking to people and you know, someone can like be collecting thimbles or doing something. Have you ever seen Hugh Hauser actually? California Gold? I don't think so. Oh, it's like one of my favorite shows. Like this guy, he goes along the coast of California and interviews random people. So like the thimble collector, he would interview and his, he has like this accent. He's like, so you're telling me that you have 200 different thimbles? And she's like, yes, I do. And he's like, wowza, that's so great. And it's just like, he like is so excited for yeah. her little passion. And mm-hmm. she probably spends her entire life, people are like, she's a weird thimble lady. But to him, in that moment, she's like more than that. She's mm-hmm. like, wow, you are the thimble lady. Yeah. So I love doing stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. I interviewed like a pigeon breeder and he oh, wow. like breeds over 200 different types of pigeons and his whole backyard is full of pigeons and wow. he like showed me all of them and it was just cool. Like yeah. I, I love getting to know people in that way. So that's something that I wanted to start focusing more on. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's, it, yeah, it's just like you get distracted. Yeah. But I can even see, I mean, on your face, like a little bit of like lighting up when you talk about doing that <laughs> yeah. and like just getting to know I mean, what I take away from that is like getting to know the parts of people that they're really passionate about and that they're really excited about, but that's also different. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, it's infectious. Mm-hmm. Like I, it's like I see myself as like a knowledge thief because <laughs> people spend their entire lives learning about. For you, you spend mm-hmm. your entire life like doing therapy and learning stuff about mm-hmm. that, and someone else maybe spends their entire time learning about pigeons. Mm-hmm. And you know, if I have a conversation with you or someone else, it's as if I can gain all of that knowledge you've learned over that time period, and that's how we grow as a species. Yeah. And it seems like selfish in some ways, or it seems like stealing knowledge, but in a way that's like, that's how we grow as people. We mm-hmm. learn through each other and from yeah. each other. And that's how we learn about relationships. Even watching the show, we learn about relationships through other people who have experienced them. Yeah. So, you know, I like being a knowledge thief. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it, it's, if everyone is a knowledge thief, then we are all actually just gaining more knowledge. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, one of my um, one of my really closest friends, Colin, who has been on the pod, and uh, his episode was on white male privilege. Um, but he loves watching Bachelorette because he's like, I get to learn so mm-hmm. much about how these guys, you know, present themselves and what works and what doesn't work, and that you know he can pick up all these different skills from watching oh, the show. Exactly. And, um, I think it's so interesting because I haven't heard people talk about the show like that, but I think you can absolutely take away a lot of things from it. Also understanding with a grain of salt that you're not seeing the whole picture. Exactly. Um, Same thing with documentaries too. You're not mm-hmm. seeing the whole picture with those too. They're yeah. all very biased, although they're very knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. But like being like, I love like learning vicariously through stuff like that, through mediums like documentaries or, mm-hmm. you know, film or television. Yeah. Yeah. Like after you watch a movie, you always feel so empowered. Like mm-hmm. you become the character. You know, mm-hmm. and so it's cool to like take knowledge from their lives or their you know acted lives and to implement it or implement it, to put it into your own world. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so yeah, that's why. So that's why I love being in film and television. That's why I kind of chose that as a career because I was always different, always changing, always learning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you definitely have just like such this motivation and desire and passion to like learn about everything. <laughs> I feel like sometimes I'm like, I'm like a broad but shallow pool of knowledge. So uh-huh. I know a little bit about a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not like a specialist. Yeah. I will research the heck out of specialists, mm-hmm. you know, and gain a little bit of knowledge, but I'm nowhere near like the depth of some people who apply their lives to something that they're passionate about. Yeah. And like, that's why I love certain cultures, like the Japanese culture where they perfect things. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so great. Like I wanted to go to Japan so bad. That's where I'm going. The next okay. out of the country place. <laughs> but I mean, even like seeing the documentary Jiro Dreams of Sushi, like he is, mm-hmm. his life is sushi. And you think, yeah. oh, sushi's great. I'll go to like this cheap place and buy. But this guy, it's like everything is mm-hmm. his life in sushi. And man, it's just so cool how people just like bury themselves in like, like, a, like perfecting something. Mm-hmm. If you were to pursue like perfecting or being a specialist in one thing, do you think you could pinpoint? Um, it changes all the time. Yeah. So I feel like I go through different phases. I'm in a phase right now of entomology. It's like the study of bugs. Okay. <laughs> um, but I, I used to be into birds before that, and then I was into you know just mammals or the sex of species, mm-hmm. like different um, sexual dimorphism, which is like the difference between male and female yeah. of species. And then I was into food, uh, <laughs> or as I was into like how we get what we eat or mm-hmm. more so like botany. And um, so it just always, it always changes. I, yeah. I'm always in like the science realm, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I love people too. People, mm-hmm. I love like deformities in people, you know? Like what kinds? Um, so like physical? Yeah, physical yeah. deformities. Just because, I mean, it's interesting to see how people's lives shift or find normalcy, even though they're very different. Mm-hmm. So um, I was reading this book called Freaks of Nature and it was talking about the 
conditions in the womb that led people to have certain deformities, like cyclopia or um, just, uh, you know, Siamese twins or something like that, and or if you were born without limbs or in certain ways, and just like how they found normalcy in their life and how, although it seems crazy to us, they're kind of just like, you know, they've found comfortability. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I, I was just like fascinated with different people. Yeah, yeah. well, and learning how their reality is their truth, but also their reality is so different than mm-hmm. your reality. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think it was weird because almost in a way it's like it's not, cause, because we see it as quote-unquote deformity, it's not really. It's kind of just like that's how nature is. Nature is mm-hmm. different. It's never the same. And how evolution happens is from differences like yeah. that. You know, something all of a sudden something works. And mm-hmm. it's like, wow, this is cool. Let's all jump on the bandwagon of this. And suddenly we're all like walking, you know? Yeah. I don't know. It's like I'm very, I have a very scientific mind. So mm-hmm. um, regardless of whether you believe in evolution or not, it's, I just think it's fascinating to know that through change or through um, – the differences in how we are born and how that elevates us to become better versions of a species. Mm-hmm. Like, I just think it's fascinating. Yeah. You know? Do you feel like this, like, passion and, um, you know, strong desire to, to learn about science is something that makes you different? Like, do you pinpoint that as something that's, like, unique about you? Yeah. I mean, I think everyone's everyone has, like, a passion. Everyone's unique mm-hmm. in some way about something. But um, you can't help what you're passionate about. Yeah. You know? So when I got a lot of hate for being into taxidermy... Um, and, yeah, hate for that. Yeah. You know, yeah. but the thing is I loved the hate because I was like, wow, yeah. like, people really care about animals. That's really amazing. Mm-hmm. You know? And of course I felt like I had to explain myself, which is weird. Another weird thing. You feel yep. like you have to explain yourself to everyone. Absolutely. So I was like, guys, I only collect cruelty, cruelty free and, um, mm-hmm. you know, like vintage taxidermy. So like, I don't support like killing things, you know, you just yeah. like you have to kind of go into that world. Yep. Um, been there. <laughs> yeah, of course you feel like, but it's, it's hard to like, it's also really hard to sit back and let people judge you without supporting yourself Mm -hmm. so I felt like in the beginning I was very focused on that yeah but um but yeah you know it's just like I couldn't help being passionate about taxidermy Mm -hmm. that was something that just made me happy whenever I was around it or saw it or was able to study it so you know people are into so many different things Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah Yeah. and I'm, I'm curious if like if you've reflected on I mean, that's, I take it that's not something that, like, your twin sister does as well. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, and so, I don't know, I'm curious, like, as we talk about, you know, uh, kind of understanding your differences and um, moving closer into things, like, to learn about yourself and to learn about other people and all of that, that, like, if, you know, a, a large part of, like, your, um, of your interests in things that are maybe a little bit different mm-hmm. and maybe some people would say are like weird are also just like a, a coping mechanism in a way to like have your identity be very unique and, and separate from what you're always compared against yeah. your whole life against your twin. That can definitely be true. I mean, I feel like I throw myself a lot into things that I find like fascinating or interested. Yeah. And I think my sister does as well. I mean, she, I guess... She's not the kind of person. She doesn't really support the taxidermy thing as much, although she really understands it after mm-hmm. knowing me. <laughs> yeah. But um, she's also very into like yoga and meditation mm-hmm. and you know the spiritual world and stuff like that. So that's something that she's really put herself into. Yeah. And I think it's a, in a way it's we do want to have so vastly different personalities because we don't want to be we don't have want to have a single identity because mm-hmm. we have had growing up everyone's like oh the twins oh the twins or oh Kendall and Kylie the long twins blah blah it's like 
it's almost as if you're speaking about us as worse, as if as we're one person. Yep. So having those things that differentiated who we were has, <laughs> is really refreshing. Mm-hmm. And even on the show, no one knew I was a twin. With the whole experience, everyone thinking I was like by myself. And then they see the hometowns and they're like, wow, she's a twin. Mm-hmm. And it was almost weird to be snapped back into the reality of, oh, yeah, like I, I have like this other person who's looks like me, you know, mm-hmm. who's born at the same time as me. Yeah. Um, and I, would you say being on the show was the first experience that you had where it was kind of like you had perhaps like a full, complete identity, totally separate from being a twin? That was definitely one of the moments. It was yeah. another moment when my sister and I lived in different cities. So she lived in Los Angeles. I lived in San Francisco for a year. Mm-hmm. And it was a very difficult, very difficult year. The weird mm-hmm. thing with twins is that you go through sort of a separation. It's as if you are born one person and you have to kind of pry yourselves away from each mm-hmm. other to find independence. Um, so we had that in college. And uh, it was very painful. Um, it's, it's just something you really can't under explain you know Mm. you almost feel like you have to like force it and then you come back together again as individuals and you celebrate your differences as Mm -hmm. opposed to depending on each other so heavily it's like we were puzzle pieces we fulfilled different areas in each other's lives you know but we completed one picture so um that was a weird thing and then going through the show i revisited that again because for three months we she couldn't talk to me and we couldn't have contact and we're used to always talking to each other Mm -hmm. So coming back, it was just such a weird shock to be like, oh, wow, like I have this other person who just knows me so well, but mm-hmm. in a way I've evolved so differently because of the show that we have to like touch base again. Hmm. Yeah, it's, a, it's just interesting. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'd be curious too. I mean, she's not here, but I'd be curious too to like hear how that experience yeah. was for her and what her experience was of it all. Yeah, she has just such an amazing mind. Mm-hmm. And she told me that it felt as if like she was mourning because she felt as if I had died because mm-hmm. she couldn't contact me and things that she thought were funny, she would just be like, oh, Kendall, this is funny or, oh, this is what happened today. And she couldn't do that. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, I'm sure everybody that's on the show, it's as if the people that are close to you are mourning, like some Absolutely. mourning you in some way. So yeah, that's what she had said the experience was like. Yeah. If, if you were like to speak to twins who were younger, you know, and who were also like, sister twins what what would you want to say to them oh man I feel like I would say don't fight the fact that you're twins yeah <laughs> you know I think a lot of twins try to fight the fact that they're twins they, be- they become enemies almost with their twin mm-hmm. and they don't want to be associated with each other they'll have different friends different lives because yeah. they're so afraid of being together there's like that resentment of like yeah. no I want to be my own person exactly mm-hmm. just don't fight it you know celebrate that you guys are so connected and so close and um it took me a while to kind of realize and appreciate my sister, not taking her for granted because you're, you're so used to the fact that no matter what, this person's going to love me and this person's going to be there for me all the time. And um, I've had experiences in college where I was like, wow, like this person could be hurt to the point of leaving or we could really negatively affect each other if we don't, we're not aware that we have to respect each other as individuals as well, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah, just definitely celebrate and enjoy being a twin. It's so unique. Yeah. It's so fun. Like, dress like each other, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, lean ha- into it. Yeah, <laughs> lean into it a little bit because it's just a unique way to experience things. You can always be individual. You, yeah. know, you can always be your own individual person if you move away or if you have a trip apart, but it's very rare to be able to celebrate being a twin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's so beautiful. 
Well, thank you. It like makes me wish I had a twin. <laughs> like, wait, I want to celebrate this with right. someone else. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, it seems like a very like beautiful way to go about celebrating life with each other. It is. Yeah. I love, I love my sister so much, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just such a weird, unexplainable bond that you have with somebody. And, um, yeah, I just always like, it's funny when I picture my future getting old with someone, I picture getting old with my twin. I picture mm-hmm. us just like laughing and being like wrinkly old ladies, like on a, on like a rocking chairs, just like laughing at things, yeah. you know, cause we have the same exact humor, the same exact, mm-hmm. like pretty much upbringing. So it's, we just, we, we are, we are so much on the same page mm-hmm. with so many things. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a fun thing to have. It's like you're being born with a best friend. Take advantage of it. Yep. Yeah. It's exactly what I was just thinking. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, you just, you're, you know, right from the get-go, you got your best friend right exactly. there. Yeah. yeah. So it's an amazing gift. That's so sweet. Thanks. Oh. <laughs> so sweet. Well, <laughs> thank you so much for sharing all of this with me and everyone else. Um, and I really like, I've learned a lot about you. And so like, thank you for letting me be a knowledge thief of you. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. I bet you find your podcast like very refreshing because you go more in depth. And you kind of just like really reach for things and it's a fun conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I like to, I like to try to, you know, invite people to move closer into Mm -hmm. other things, you know, like having you on today is a way for me to also like move closer into you and like to see who you are and like to give you a chance to like own your story and to show who you are, you Mm -hmm. know? And I think there's always beauty in that if you come to it in a place of openness and, um, respect and empathy so Mm -hmm. i hope that whenever people like actually start an episode to listen to it that they come in it in in a non-judgmental open way oh there will be Um, opinions i'm sure yes yes (laughs) kendall talked about evolution (laughs) (laughs) what a nerd (laughs) yeah no um i just think if anything i'm taking away from from like this conversation with you and and from our episode is like to continue to have curiosity like to lean into that curiosity of other people and of other things and of different fields and of the sciences and mm-hmm. just all of it. Like continue to be curious and move closer. Yeah. It's such a weird world, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. it's hard to like be distracted by the fantasy and like made up worlds when you know that our world it can be just as surprising. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So beautiful. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Um, and if people want to like reach out and message or email or whatever um, about your episode, where can they reach you? So my Instagram is keykendall88. It's a weird Instagram handle. I don't know why. <laughs> um, I think Kendall Patrice is my Twitter. But yeah, okay. social media stuff. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much. Um, and thank you guys for tuning in to another episode. Um, I love reading your guys' feedback on iTunes. So please continue leaving reviews on there. And you can send us emails at ask.letstalkaboutit at gmail.com. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you next time. This podcast is brought to you by Wave Podcast Network. Check out all of our shows, including the Brain Candy Podcast, I Don't Get It, Babes and Babies, Coffee Convos, and Let's Talk About It. Surgeons keep our hearts beating. They do the amazing, help save lives, and so can you. Your CSL Plasma donation can help create 24 critical life-saving medicines that can give Grandpa the chance for his heart to swell when he meets his new grandson or give a bride the chance for her heart to skip a beat on her wedding day. 
Every plasma donation helps more than you know. Do the amazing. Help save lives. Donate today at your local CSL Plasma Center and be rewarded for your generosity.